Everyone is going to hurt you, but you have to find the ones worth suffering for. Oh, you have to find them. by Bob Marley. Bob Marley? Oh. Oh, yeah. Just just you saying who the court is by kind of makes it hit different. I know, it hit a little different after you know. Yeah. (laughs) But, yeah, so, like, that, that one right there, that was real deep to me because, in a sense, no matter what you go through in life, whether it's your kids, your parents, your brother, your sister, your girlfriend, your your boyfriend, or anyone that you that you come in contact with, whether it be a stranger, they have the potential to potentially hurt you. And if they do hurt you, it's not about whether or not you give up on that person or just say, you know, I give it's quits, like you're too much for me or this is too much to handle. It's about finding the person that is worth going through that pain for because at the end of every rain shower, there's a rainbow, right? Mm. So it's just depending on how much you want to deal with that until you can get to that resolution. But I feel like that's so deep because he, he brought it to reality. Everyone wants to think that it's all it's all sugar, sugar and sweets. Everything's nice. Everything's gonna be great. But at the end of the day, it's not. Like life is a roller coaster. So you gotta find who you want to be in that that seat right next to you. So that's how I took it. Yeah, that's that's. I'm still letting it settle, settle. Yeah. Miss Ian, how how do you how does that quote resonate with you? You know, I think for me, I feel like relationships and it's funny I just had a conversation with somebody about this like yesterday so it's interesting to talk about it but I feel like relationships are painful you know people say well love's not supposed to hurt well of course love hurts Mm -hmm. because the people that you're in love with or you you care about are the only people that really have the potential to hurt you in that way you know so I think all relationships are going to have that pain involved. And there's some relationships, like maybe familial relationships, that you're not gonna really get out of. And so you're just going to go through those relationships and the pain allows you to have some growth and allows you to have some evolution. So Mm. um, yeah, you know, who's gonna help you grow? Who's gonna help you evolve? And those are the ones you rock with, right? Those are the ones that you're willing to go through the pain for. Ooh. All right, let's let's go ahead and roll that into officially bringing Miss Ia into the show. Miss Ia, if you could give us just a, a brief overview of your background, your experience, and what brings you to the current uh, 2022. You know, it's kind of funny. So um, my background, my real background, is in chiropractic, and oh. I was in um, health and wellness for a really long time. But I struggled a lot with depression and anxiety. And at the time, I don't think I realized that it was anxiety. But now Mm -hmm. when I look back, I understand that it was. Um, And so I think those things combined with coming from a black family on the East Coast, living in a Jewish community, looking at Jewish friends going, why are the families so different, right? Like, why is our trajectory so different? We have the same socioeconomic background. We have the same educational background, the same foundation. They have the Holocaust in their background. We have the slave trade in our background. Why is the trajectory so different? And it really sent me searching. And what I started to understand and and learn about was historical trauma and epigenetics Mm -hmm. and how trauma is passed from one generation to the next. And what's happened to our ancestors maybe nine generations ago can still impact us for 14 generations ahead. And um, so my contribution really is about 
he, helping to heal historical trauma and helping people of color recognize like um, some of what we are going through is not about just us and the environment right now today, but it's traveled with us for many generations. And how can we start healing as a people um, from some of those things in our past? So, so that's where I'm at. Right on, right on. You, um, as you're as you're speaking, I'm thinking like, man, we're we're definitely going to need you know parts two, three, four, and and so on. Um, <laughs> um, um, you know, we just came out of Black History Month, right? Right. Which was, is like less than 100 years old, right? Um, we're we're in uh, when was it Women's History Month right now? Um, I'm I'm thinking about how these celebrations are we we. We look at them as being such um, such fixtures, right? Traditions or holidays, but in, in a different context, they're not as they're. Cause we mentioned historical trauma. Mm -hmm. in, in, a, in a different context, they're fairly young, right? Can you can you kind of put a add some context to that? Like when we talk about how stuff affects us, like you said, for generation upon generation, mm -hmm. and we compare that to you know, the civil rights movement of the 60s and, you know, 19, was it 1926, uh, Black History Month. So it's like we we have these things that we celebrate currently, but it really wasn't, what, two or three generations past where things were a lot different. Right. It, it's true. And, and it's always interesting that we have these things in place and that we celebrate them, right? Because there's one part that we say, well, we should be celebrating our history all day, every day, right, right. right? I should be moving in who I am all day, every day, carrying the message of the ancestor, carrying the message of the elders in our community day to day. We shouldn't just pull it out in February. Right. Um, and then there's the flip side of that, which is we're not there just yet. And so that February is the reminder, hello, remember who you are. You're going to be taught that you are descendants of slaves. You're going to be taught that you um, are ignorant and your people have been ignorant and that you have been owned. And that's what's going to be the message all the time. Right. But we at least have that one month a year where we're being reminded, oh no, we're a lot more than that. Look at some of the contributions of our ancestors. Look who we come from um, so that we can get to the place where we're celebrating ourselves every day. So we can get to the place where we have that sense of pride that we want to know who we are and we want to connect to where we come from. We, we talked a little bit off mic um, and you mentioned it also the, the idea of education, um, which is a hot topic right now, right? Everybody, or not everybody, but a lot of people are talking about CRT and yes. books are being banned again and what can we teach and not teach um, in school at, at various grade levels. There's a lot of a lot of fuss going on about it right now. Mm -hmm. Knowing what we know about our, quote, traditional educational system, how does one go about seeking and or obtaining um, or if you're on the other end how do we teach those things that most likely are missing in, in the classroom you know this is going to be a little bit pie in the sky and 
I know it could maybe be a stretch, but people typically make happen what they want to happen. Mm. My advice is walk on the soil of your ancestors. Go home and find out who you come from and where you come from. Even though many of us don't know, right, where right. exactly in Africa we come from, we know that if we're descendants of enslaved Africans, that we are at some point from West Africa. So right. Benin, Togo, Nigeria, Senegal, you know, somewhere in that region, go home and walk on the soil and spend some time talking to our spiritual leaders, spend some time talking to griots about where you come from. You got to get the truth, you see, because the, the YouTube is going to tell you what, you know, they want to tell you, right? right? right. There's going to be some YouTube that maybe is going to tell you the truth, but there's going to be a lot of YouTube that says, hey, I don't know why the Africans are upset because they sold themselves. Right. Well, now, no, that's a whole story with multi-layers. We have to know the truth and we've got to go and seek it. So walk on that soil and you're going to know very keenly who you are and you're going to feel very differently about yourself. And before we have the opportunity to do that, we seek out people who know the real story. You know, we know authenticity when we see it, when we feel it, we can feel it in our soul. Yeah. If they're telling our story and if they're connected to our ancestors, we know and we feel it. We seek that out so that we can know the truth. And as soon as we learn the truth, we start telling it to our children and teaching it and creating opportunities to immerse ourselves in that and the children to immerse themselves in it as well. Right on. Um, that, that's great advice, the great advice. I, I definitely internalize that. I, I agree with the need and I definitely, at the same time, see those gaps, those gaps, right? Um, I'm familiar with some of your travels, right? Mm -hmm. um, you, you've been to different areas on, the, on this planet. How much do you think, first off, uh, can you speak a little bit about some of your travels, the place, some of the places you've been able to visit and, and live, but then also can you share how those experiences outside of this region have informed kind of like where your mentality is today and, and the way in which you share you, you, the work that you do? So, sure. Um, I have spent, I've been to about 30 countries. Um, I've lived in five of them. Um, so I, I've spent a lot of time in China, in Myanmar, which was once called Burma, um, India, Benin Republic, and some time in France. Yeah. And, and I don't yes. want to cut you off, but That's okay. the, the, re the reason I... The yes. preface, the reason why I asked, asked for you to share that is because a lot of times you mentioned like what we'll see on social, on uh, YouTube or the news, social media, we get a very, in this area, we get a very skewed view on what these other regions are like. You, you talked about um, encouraging people to go walk on the soil, right? Mm -hmm. But, you know, I, I, I know people where, where I might tell them that or I might say that I want to do that and they're like, why do you want to do that? Right, they will share what they've been taught, which is the negative view of the continent of Africa, right? So, go yes. ahead. Yes, yeah, so there's always, there's that negative view of almost everywhere that's not America, right? right? Americans believe that 
it ends and stops. You know, it begins and ends here in America. Right. And um, there's so many different beautiful places to visit and get an understanding for other cultures and other spiritualities and how other things work. And while I don't connect with, um, you know, I'm very clear on my Africanness and um, I am absolutely a West African woman uh, that practices and lives the Yoruba tradition day to day. It's not like a, you know, we try it on once a week or we right. do, this is a lifestyle, this is a way of being. And so while I'm very, very connected to that, um, I learned a lot living in China and, and living in the culture and understanding Buddhist traditions and um, doing Buddhist meditations and, and Buddhist practices. I learned a lot. I lived, when I lived in India, I lived in the ashram. When I lived in China, I lived in the Shaolin Temple. My son was training in Kung Fu. When I lived in India, I lived in an ashram, which was a Hindu, um, you know, an, uh, if you don't know what an ashram is, it's um, a religious environment. And in India, of course, that will be a Hindu environment. So you have all the Hindu practices and Hindu traditions and ways of being. Um, it was very beautiful. It was very similar to a lot of our ritual that we do in Africa. Right. A lot of our thought processes, how we view the land, how we become a part of the land, how we're at one with land. In these spiritual environments, it's very, very similar. So it opened my mind really to um, a lot of different ways of being and, and how other people think and how other people engage in the world. Being, but there's nothing like being in Africa. Um, there's just nothing like being in Africa because, I mean, if you stand on the beach in Ouida, which is a village in Benin Republic, which was one of the largest slave ports in Africa, when you stand on the beach, you can look on the water and you can see the ships. I mean, you see it, yeah. you feel it. You can see your people walking by and it's, you know, it's breathtaking. But you can also see the profound intelligence and strength and beauty and spirituality um, like none other, you know? We communicate and we don't have to talk to communicate. You know, we are communicating all the time through spirit, through energy. Um, it's, it's profound. It changes you. It makes you understand who you are. It heals you. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, uh, so do you feel like when you travel to these other countries, found out about their culture and their beliefs, do you feel like it in turn made your belief stronger? It did. And it, it made my belief stronger and it made me feel um, like, wow, we really have an oppressive system in America. We have a system that is hugely stressful you know like being in other places you have stressors you know like I, I slept on the floor we didn't have air conditioning I hand washed all of our clothes I was there with my little son who was uh, between 7 and 10 at the time so I had a lot of responsibility it could be kind of scary because it's just me and my baby um, it's still much more stressful and difficult living here 
then it was there. Mm. Um, and so it did, it, it made my beliefs even stronger, yeah. Mm -hmm. So how would you say for people that live here, what would you say would be a, a good way to practice self-mental health and also, you know, negate away from that stress so that way you feel more peace in your own life? Really, the key to self-mental health and um, working through some of the psychological, emotional stuff is going to go back to neurological regulation. And I know we've talked, you know, I've been talking about spirituality a lot. Um, spirituality is important and it's a big piece. But we are neurologically dysregulated most of the time. We are walking around in fight or flight mode. How could we not? If I drive down the street and I see the blue and red lights, I'm afraid. I'm a 51-year-old grandmother and I haven't done anything wrong. I have never right. been in trouble with the law, but I'm afraid. So if we are living in this type of society, we're always in the part of our brain that is going to cause us to feel dysregulated. We're in the survival mode all the time. So we've got to do things that help us to regulate neurologically, meaning we have to eat well, we have to sleep, we can practice some form of meditation, we do we we have to do things um learn new things all the time when we learn new things we get uh, a release of this the the hormones in our system that help us to feel good um we um have to have positive human relationships and when we have a lot of these things and we have some other you know intervention and things that we can do our brain starts to feel regulated and that's what we need for mental health the, the symptoms that we're mostly walking around with in terms of depression and anxiety and a lot of those things, they go hand in hand with the trauma of our ancestors right. passed through the generations and then our current day environment. That's a lot of our mental health issue. That's a lot of our physical health issue. Because when we have those traumas and they pass generation to generation, and we're always in fight or flight mode, we age our DNA on a cellular level. And that causes us to have the heart disease, the lung disease, obesity, um, diabetes, all the things that we're seeing in our communities. So it's mental health and it's physical health. And it goes back to neurological regulation, getting out of flight or fight mode. Well, yeah, that's deep, yeah. I think that's, that should definitely be a list that we should have somewhere out there because once you get rid of that the bad food once you get rid of out of the environment that you're in and then also preparing your mind to be ready for whatever it is that you encounter but peacefully not necessarily always the negative side because i know like you said when, when you gave that visual i saw it in my mind too i was like man i don't even know <laughs> right so it's it's deep that that that's where we we have to take it and it's it's almost baffling that you would think people oh this is the greatest country in the world is one of the scariest places to live, of people of color, of people of different descent, of people of different nations. So I think that that's beautiful that you would put it that way. Thank you for that. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. Absolutely, and, and I agree. Thank you for sharing, because and again, another again with with wanting you to share that 
it's a challenge to kind of break that mental block unless you have that experience like firsthand, like spend some time, not just like, you know, if I can use um, Mexico for an example, right? Just for familiarity's yes. sake, um, people say, I'm gonna go to Mexico, I'm gonna go to Rocky Point. But that's not necessarily the same, right? right. You have to like kind of uh, immerse yourself in that foreign culture. And then, like you said, you'll begin to understand the difference in practice, the difference in culture, yeah. art, music, um, whatever spirituality or religion they practice is going to give you a mind-opening experience that you can then compare to like, well, wait a minute, like you're saying, what I see on the news or what I'm told, some don't jive right, right? Right, right. And then I was going to try to bring that circle back to the work that you do around historical trauma. We talked about um, mental wellness and stuff like that. And from my perspective, one of the biggest things, one of the biggest obstacles with trauma is awareness, right? Like you said, we operate in fight or flight. A few of us know that, but the, the vast majority of us, we're, we're getting up, you know, turning off the alarm, putting it on snooze, going to work after three cups of coffee, stressing to get that deadline, heading home, picking up the kids or whatever our stressful practice is, yes. right? We're, quote, operating in normalcy. Right. So how do we, and I, again, like global scale, right? Ideally, how do we effectively raise everybody's awareness? First of all, I think that we've got to be willing to jump out the window. Mm. It's scary. You're talking about stress? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, you know, it's scary. Like yeah. when I said, uh, I'm moving to India and I'm going to sell everything this is one of the ways I got out of the country. I was, it's a long story, but I had decided I was going to move to India with my youngest son. Uh, my husband works out of the country, so he's gone most of the time. I'm like, why am I living like this? Why do I have all this space that I don't use? I'm going to go do something else. Um, and I challenged myself to do that. It's scary. It's not easy. We have to push ourselves outside of what we know and be receptive of other information that may not be um, the norm for people around us, right? And, and then we've got to share the knowledge, share the information. You know, I'm always ready to talk, to tell, to tell it, to talk, because we have to share that. That is my responsibility. I'm a grandmother, I'm moving into elder status. My responsibility is to leave a legacy. My responsibility is to teach those coming behind me. My responsibility is to say, hey, you have something to say. Let me give you a platform to say that in this environment. So we have to, to, to raise the awareness of everybody around us by creating the relationships with other people, being open to having relationships with people in our community, and then being willing to give the information. We've been taught divide and conquer. We've been taught crab in the barrel. Mm -hmm. We've been taught there can only be one. We have to relearn that that's not who we are as indigenous people, regardless of if you're from Mexico, if you're from Africa, if you're from, you know, if you're Native American, no matter where you're from, that's not who we are. We are egalitarian people. We are collaborative people. Right. And so we have to be willing to be in relationship with one another and share our knowledge and share our information um, and believe in one another, believe that every time we sit down, we're coming with our best, highest self. If I say something to you today that is offensive to you, 
instead of saying, yeah, you know, that Ia, you know, she said this or she did that, huh, that, ah, that made me feel something inside. But I know she came with her highest self. Right. So I can move past that and maybe get a better understanding of what she meant. Or maybe she had a bad day that day, right? But always assuming that we're coming with our highest self and always be accountable to come with our highest self. Yeah, that, that, yeah thank you. And that, that makes me think of another practice. Um, in behavioral health, we talk about the importance of relationship. Well, you mentioned it also, the importance of relationship, right? Right. Um, when you have a relationship with, with someone, I'll, I'll use the example, um, I don't know if you guys remember when Monique was calling out people for wearing bonnets and stuff like that, right? Yes. Trying to chastise someone from a distance, right? We talk about the need for a relationship. So if you talk to me, if I don't know you and you tell me to pull up my pants, I'm not, I don't, I'm going to take it a certain way. Right. But just like you said, if we have a relationship, if I know you have my best interests at heart, if we have a mutual respect based on something that's been built, then you can, you know, you can pretty much tell me anything and I still may not like it, but I'm going to receive it much different than from someone whom I have no relationship with. Right. And when we approach people with love, if I, I can approach any of these boys that think they're hard or think they're doing whatever and I, and I come and I say, son, such and such and such, son, yeah. let me talk to you, son, and put my hand on his shoulder and look him in his eyes as a, as a woman that cares and loves him, he can hear me. Right. If I step back and act like I'm better than, I'm more than, mm. I'm superior to, he can't hear me. He's going to disrespect me. Yeah. You know, so we've got to come to the table with love. We've got to come to the table with respect. Yeah, it's a, it's a whole posture, right? Yes, yeah. it's a whole posture. Yeah, and that, that's one of the tenets of, of fit, right? Lead with love. Yeah, that's that's what we that's what we stand for with everything that we do, whether it be fitness or mental health Wonderful. or giving back to the community. So that's really cool that, that you said that. And that's I think that that's, that's what makes it almost genuine. It's Absolutely. when you feel the love and you can talk to that person and say, okay, they have my best interests in mind just by how they're looking at me. Eye contact is huge. Most right. people that want to disrespect you don't ever look you in the eye. Right, right. So I think that that's beautiful and amazing that that's, that's where we're at. So, yeah, I love that. Absolutely. It came around. Nice. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. And, and like I say, we, we definitely have to have more time because uh, we're, we're up against it right now. Okay. But, but for, for you said you're, you love to share. For those individuals that may want to get in contact with you, learn about more of the work that you do, or just maybe get in touch with you to learn more, period, how yes. can that be done? Um, you can visit my website at healhistoricaltrauma.com or you can email me at healhistoricaltrauma at gmail.com. Um, when I'm teaching courses, I often offer scholarships um, and opportunities to come and learn regardless of if you're able to financially afford it, it's more important to get the information out. So healhistoricaltrauma.com or healhistoricaltrauma at gmail.com. Absolutely. Thank you again so much, Ms. Ia. We'll definitely have you back to share some more if you'd be willing. Um, and again, that was Ms. Ia Afo, and that was uh, the first segment with Punctuation with One Period. We're going to transition now. Jabari, what do you have up next for us? All right, so up next we got Mr. Steph. And the girls of sis coming in. We're gonna do a little trivia for y'all today. So let's get this going. Let's get this rolling. Steph, how you doing today? How you feeling? I am wonderful. Okay, okay, okay. So uh, we're gonna get rolling on these trivia questions.